find out what's making you sick and how to heal. Anthony William is the medical medium. Hello, I'm Anthony William. You're listening to the Medical Medium Radio Show, where each week I talk about the most advanced healing information and secrets about health, much of which is not found anywhere else and is decades ahead of what's out there now. As I've always said, who has 10 or 20 years or 30 years to wait for answers? And I've run into a lot of people over the years that are like, you know what? I've had this for 20 years. I've had this problem for 20 years. And I just didn't have any answers to know really what to do or what's going on. And uh, and who wants to wait that long? I mean, people, when they get something going on, I mean, you know, and even if it's for a week, even if it's for two weeks, even if it's a symptom for a month, I mean, whoa. And I've seen people where all of a sudden they got something going on and it's, it's just like, it's like, hey, I, I can't live my life. Or, or if they're living their life, they just can't stand a symptom or some kind of condition. Absolutely. I mean, without a doubt, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard. Um, you know, and, and it makes things difficult. Today we're talking about the gallbladder, the gallbladder, whoa, <laughs> gallbladder spasms, things like that, all kinds of gall stuff, gallstones. Hey, you know, and maybe you don't have a gallbladder. Maybe your gallbladder was taken out. Maybe it was removed. Maybe it was removed. You know, gallbladders are funny, and, uh, and we, we need to talk about them. That's the whole thing. That, that's what we want to do. I think, I think you know, I should have done a gallbladder show a long time ago, without a doubt. I should have done one. You know, I, I talk about research and science a lot in, in, in the sense that, you know, in chronic illness, I feel like it's, it's fallen behind. It actually was never caught up to begin with all the way from the start. And, and um, you know, and I say that a lot. I say that a lot when it comes down to chronic illness. But when it comes down to a good surgeon removing a gallbladder that's got infected, that became infected, you know, or, or spasming so bad and the person is just suffering and, you know, or, or, you know, a gallbladder that that's basically going to rupture and Hey, and, and we, you know, you find a good surgeon and that's where research and science has paid off. That's where it's paid off right there. And, um, so, you know, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I respect that highly respect that highly appreciate that. Um, but when it comes down to chronic illness in general, all, all kinds of different ways, I mean, you know, science and research hasn't gotten there, including the production of a gallstone. The basic understanding is there, but what's behind all that? Like, how do we avoid that? How do we stop that? What's that about? Well, that's, that doesn't exist in science and research. It just doesn't. Maybe, you know, and, and, you know, and so we really need to cover it. And so when, you know... This is advanced information we're talking about here in the show, without a doubt. This information, this is the only show where the information here doesn't come from a place, an agenda-driven place. You know, like the interest groups and all the strings attached to medical stuff and medical funding and research that's been all messed up and botched up and the thumb on the scale, medical lobbyists that sit there and they just want certain drugs to go through, They don't, you know, and that's all it's about, both you know, and the, all these things can literally be an alternative in conventional medicine. Uh, it really can, believe it or not. Internal kickbacks, persuaded belief systems, and private panels everywhere that influence decisions 
decisions and then of course trends that start off of a lot of this information so we have contamination contamination in alternative medicine information and of course conventional medicine information it's the only show that we keep all that out 100 percent. that means that we just don't go on the internet we don't go on the internet we don't need to. We don't go on the internet and try to hack it all out and ser- search all kinds of studies and things that are all skewed and all messed up and all ad- agendas behind it and all kinds of different panels behind it and all kinds of different ways it was manipulated and contaminated. We don't go by those old laws. Um, it's the only show that comes from, that's pure, clean, comes from a source that was given to me since age four. And I've helped tens of thousands of people find their way and get the information they need throughout my whole lifetime, all these decades. And that's where you are now. So, and that's where we are in this show right here. And gallbladder, we're going to go into this. This is a good one. I really do feel this, that uh, we're going to have a good time. (laughs) We're going to have a good time. I remember my first experience um, with a gallbladder. Not my gallbladder, but a first experience with uh, somebody who came to me with a gallbladder. And and I remember it well. It was a long, long time ago. Um, I don't want to date myself or anything or make myself sound too old. I like to think I'm still young. <laughs> but um, And I remember. I remember when I first uh, had my office years and years and years ago and you know, opened it up to the public so it wasn't just helping people out randomly everywhere else. I mean, I, I helped people out all, all along the way. I remember at age 13, 14, I was a stock boy. In a uh, in a store, in a grocery store, and I would help people out all the time. Um, I had clients that developed because of that, because Spirit would give me information, and I would see what's going on with people's health right there, right there in the grocery store aisle, right there in the grocery store aisle. So I, I had a love for all that. I had a love for food and and everything around because of what Spirit was teaching me constantly, and and what I needed to do for people and. And um, so I liked being in that atmosphere. It was great because, you know, people are shopping for food and and it makes them think. It makes them think. And, um, and, and it's such so great. And you give somebody advice and you're like, you know what? You need, you need cucumber juice for those gallstones. And then, you know, after that, when I finally had an office, um, I remember my first my first case coming in with, with, uh, gallbladder problems. And, you know, right when the person walked through the door, spirit was like, gallbladder, gallbladder, <clears throat> you know, we got a pile of sand in there. We got a few stones in there. They got two varieties of stones in there. And there's even more varieties than what's, what's, you know, recorded as far as what medical science and, you know, research understands. And, so it was really interesting, and, and and I have a love for that. I have a love for the liver and gallbladder and everything around it. Um, so so I remember that first case really clearly, and the person was suffering, suffering. Uh, it was heartbreaking, and they didn't want to get it taken out. And you know, surgeries have gotten better for gallbladders. I mean, back then, they weren't as great. And um, it was more of a difficult surgery. It was a complicated surgery back then, believe it or not. Now, you know, there's, 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 there's better techniques. There's better techniques for, you know, snipping a gallbladder out underneath the liver under there. And um, <clears throat> it was a tricky place for surgeons to have to go and find. 
back in the old days, they had to swim around and take a really good look. You needed a really good guy or gal with a really good eye um, back then and um, and knew, you know, knew that gallbladders don't sit perfectly in the same place for everybody. And that's something I want to talk about, too, is that uh, gallbladders just aren't in the same spot for every single person. <laughs> How's that possible? I thought we were all created equal in some way or identical in some way with our bodies, right? No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, the strangest things with our body. One is with gallbladders, they're not always in the same spot. Well, you know, you, you might be thinking, well, where are they? How, where could a gallbladder be besides tucked underneath the liver under there, under the right side up there? You know, where, where would it be? Well, an inch over. How about that? How about an inch over? Which makes a huge difference when you're, when you're a surgeon. An inch over. Um, how about like cocked up a wrong way Not, or, or a different way? How about that? How about that? How about a, a gallbladder that's not just sitting the way it's supposed to be, but since childhood, since meaning since birth and everything, it, it, it took a different position. How, how about that? How about a gallbladder that's a different shape, entirely different shape? It's not that, that little pear shape, that little pocket, but it's, it's got an apple shape. How about those apples, right? So it's sitting differently. Not every gallbladder looks the same. Not every gallbladder looks the same. Now, I talked to a surgeon, actually, uh, pretty recently, and and I, and I was I was telling the surgeon about that kind of very thing, and he says it's amazing to even know that. He said, and I know, and the surgeon, you know, is a friend of mine, and he goes, and he goes, and I know you know all these things because that's what you've done, that's what you do. We, you know, we know that, but it's still it's still mind blowing that you know this. That's what the surgeon said to me. So my friend said to me, it's still mind blowing that you know this. He knows why I know this. Because of spirit. But it's still, it was weird. It was weird to him to hear it. Because, because all, not all gallbladders look the same. If you've cut enough of them out, if you've cut enough of those babies out you know, over the years, you, you'll know. Between women's gallbladders, men, men's gallbladders, the whole bit, you would know. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it takes experience. And being that I've never snipped out a gallbladder before, ever, he's just like, it's just, I don't just do it. I, I, don't, I know you hear spirit, but I still don't get it how you know these little nuances, how you know these little things. And, um, and because of that, though, the different shapes and sizes and everything, it shows that we're all unique in all different ways, without a doubt. But back in the old days, back in the older days, finding that, finding that little gallbladder in there, you know, wasn't always so easy. Took some time, took a little searching, took a little TLC. And, but now, now, I mean, surgeons are, you know, we found different ways of, of, of using, you know, different technology for, for getting in there. And we got better scanning machines and so forth and all that. And, and, you know, and thank God, thank God. That's right. I mean, I stand behind science and research. I stand behind medical advancement 100%. I'm always peed off about, about chronic illness, the area there. I think that was just, just totally just, you know, I just think we've all been left, left out to dry on that. 
And I can't help it. You know, medical denial with chronic illness is unbelievable. And I can't help it. I can't help it. I just, you know, I'm still, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm still burnt up about that. After all these years, I've seen too many people suffer. No answers for people. And the answers they do get now is, is, is becoming ridiculous. And look, I'm not against the whole Lyme disease thing, but I'm going to tell you right now, um, everybody's going to be diagnosed with Lyme disease, everybody in chronic illness, everybody, everybody, because the system is messed up terribly, terribly. Anybody with anything, lupus diagnoses, those are going to be a thing of the past. It's all going to be pushed off to Lyme. Everything's going to be Lyme, MS. Anything MS is going to be pushed off to Lyme. Anything is going to be pushed off to Lyme. And that's, that's by design. That's by design, by the way. That's by design. If that's getting anybody upset right now because Lyme tends to, tends to, you know, the whole Lyme thing tends to get people just riled up and they get angry and pissed off. And just read my chapter in book one, whatever you do, and read it with an open mind. Don't read it with anger in your heart. Read it with an open mind. It's important. Um, so, yeah, yeah. In, in, but with the gallbladder thing... You know, it's it's great. We have great people. You know, they, they can help somebody with a gallbladder problem. We have great, great surgeons. But as far as information about how to prevent the gallbladder problem, as far as information to uh, dissolve stones, you know, the one thing I don't like is gallbladder flushes. Yep, I don't like them. No, no, no. I don't like them at all. Doing this a long time. And Spirit's always said, you know, no gallbladder flushes. Why? I've seen people pop a good stone in that duct, get it stuck when we didn't need to do a gallbladder flush. We didn't need to try to do gallbladder flush. We could have just dissolved the stone while it was in the gallbladder, while it was sitting in there all nice and pretty in a good spot. And we could have slowly dissolved it. We could have gotten the liver in a better condition so it wouldn't keep on producing a gallstone or growing it. We could do a lot of things. We don't have to try to do this flush and accidentally pop a giant stone up into the duct and get it stuck. And then it's emergency, sur emergency surgery time or get it in, get it popped in there and get it stuck and get it infected over time. A little streptococcus that's already in your digestive tract and in your, in your, your duodenum and everything else that backtracks and finds its way up there. A little bit of streptococcus that, you know, it's always sitting in people's livers that just, you know, Jumps up into, jumps up to the gallbladder. It's waiting for something stupid to happen. That's what it's doing. It's waiting for something stupid to happen, like a stone getting jammed because of a flush, and then getting a little bit swollen in there because the tissue starts to get irritable. And then boom, the strep jumps in there and dives right in, and then infects the heck out of it. And then now you're rushing to the hospital, and it's partly turning green. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that happen from gallbladder flushes. Till this day, I bang my head against the wall when I hear about another one. And I'm just like, why Why is this misinformation out there? Why is this stupid misinformation out there? What is going on? I bet you the liver people are pissed at me right now. There's a lot of liver gallbladder flushing people out there. They're probably just going to get all angry. And I'm sure there's plenty listening. I'm sorry. Just forgive me if you can. I'm not, you know, 
I like the fact that you care. I like the fact that you're healing people. I like the fact that you're working on healing people in different ways. You probably know all kinds of incredible information and, and, and everything else. And it's not your fault if you're telling people to constantly do a gallbladder flushes. It's not your fault at all. It's not. And the, you know, just what it is, is it's just, it's, it's information that you gathered somewhere else from some original source somewhere that just was wrong to begin with. And, uh, and that's how it's done. That's how it's done. That's how all the misinformation goes around out there. I bet you some people are, uh, hanging up from the show right now and they're like, I'm not listening to him anymore. I'm not listening to that jerk anymore. <laughs> I've helped people with gallbladder flushes. I'm not listening to that jerk anymore. He's basically telling me I've been doing things wrong. I don't want to hear that on a show. But um, but look, I'm saying that because seriously, seriously, listen, listen, keep a light heart. Keep a light heart. You know, the one thing I've had to do with, with, with all these years, and, and, and this show included and, and in the books, is I've had to hurt people's feelings once in a while. And I don't mean to do it on purpose. You know, meaning sense. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't. I don't. I, I just, you know, there's a, there's a fine line, you know. There's a fine line about everything. You know, you want, you want to support everybody for everything they're doing. But you also want to watch everybody's backs. You know, I've seen a lot of surgeries that were unnecessary over the years. I've been doing this for a long, long time. And it's funny. Someone said to me, well, when did you start? Five years ago? When did you start being a medium? Five years ago? I mean, what? Talk to my parents. <clears throat> Talk to my parents. And you, you, you listen to them. And going all the way back, you know, vouching for me with stories. You know, all the way since childhood. You, you talk to them. You, tell, you ask them when I started being a medium. You know, and it's not just that. I mean, I've been I've been working on people forever, working with people forever, and going all the way back. And it hasn't been just five years. It hasn't been just seven years. It hasn't been nine years. It hasn't been twelve years. It hasn't been fifteen years. It's been a lot longer. And so I've been able to witness a lot, just like a good surgeon witnesses so much. Just like a good surgeon, you know, I mean, who's got a track record, a long term track record. <clears throat> and, you know, and, and basically the bottom line is I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just saying, hey, look, instead of doing the flushes anymore, let's redesign it. Let's change it up. Let's, let's figure out something different. Let's figure out another way, which Spirit and I already know. But let's figure out another way to dissolve stones. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? We can dissolve them. How about that? Or stop producing them. How about that? Or both. Wouldn't that be nice? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. So stones, what's the deal with those? Or what are they made out of, right? Well, made out of cholesterol. Okay. Made out of, you know, pigment too. Made out of pigment. Billy Rubin. Billy Rubin. I like that name. Is that the right way to say it, Billy Rubin? You know, and um, I say that because I like, I like it when it's called Billy Rubin. I don't know. It's just cool. Cool name. Cool name. And um, and somebody might say, that's not the correct way of saying it. It's called Biley Robin. Biley Rubin. <laughs> or something. I bet that happened where I called something by, by you know, by a name that I, I think it's called. <laughs> and someone's corrected me. Like, no, that's not the exact way it's supposed to be said. 
And so anyway, bilirubin, it's pigment, right? And uh, what's bilirubin? It's, it's red blood cells. It's just discarded red blood cells. That's, that's actually all right. That's all correct. You know, that's just the way it works. That's great. That's great. Cholesterol. Why is cholesterol building up in somebody's liver and spitting out into the gallbladder? Why is, excuse me, why is, why is, why is, why is cholesterol doing that? Why is bilirubin building up and becoming a stone though? Why is it becoming a stone? Why are these becoming a stone? I mean, you know, that's the question. That's the question. What's the, what's the purpose? What's going on there? Why is that happening? And why is the liver being part of this? Why is it being a big part of it? It's being responsible for it. What's going on in somebody's life? What's going on in somebody's diet? What's going on in somebody's liver that's creating those stones? What's going on there? And that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about right there. And what about the pile of sand that builds up? You know, if you don't change your oil in your car, are you thinking the same thing I am? Are you thinking the same thing, I, I, right? If you don't change your oil in your car, what happens? Just the oil filter starts getting really clogged. It just gets really clogged. That's what's going on. Well, that's what's happening with the gallbladder. That's like your oil filter. Kind of like your oil filter in a way. So getting really gunky in there, really clogged and gunky in there if you don't change your oil. If you don't change your oil in your liver, if you don't change the oil in your engine, in the car... <laughs> Right? I mean, it just gets gunkier and dark. It turns jet black. And it's just, it's, it's got all kinds of metal fragments in there because the engine doesn't have viscosity anymore. So the, you know, the crankshaft is just spinning and the valves and everything else is just, it's just, um, it's just everything's getting mucky. Everything's getting mucky. And then the oil's getting dirtier and dirtier and the, the air filter's not being changed and all this garbage is going in, right? I mean, some of you probably know that. Some of you probably don't. Some of you probably like, I don't know. I just turn the key on the car and that's it. And that oil turns into a sludge. A sludge turns into a sludge. Like scrape off the bottom of the oil pan, a sludge. That's how it works. So you don't change your oil. It gets dirty and mucky and ugly. It turns into a sludge, a pudding. Thick, black pudding, the bottom of your pan. And it's sediment. It's sediment, sediment, right? Sediment. Is that what it is? And um, the oil filter gets clogged and everything else. Or maybe it's just sediment at the bottom of the pan. Maybe that's what that gallbladder is. It's like the bottom of the pan. <laughs> and all that gunk and settlement is in there. And that's different. Believe it or not. 
That's the third thing science research isn't really identifying. They talk about that. They talk about lots of different stones. You get an ultrasound, you get a CAT scan, an ultrasound, an MRI, and the nurse practitioner, the nurse comes in, or the doctor comes in and says, oh, my God, your, 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 your gallbladder is hundreds and hundreds of stones. It's filled with sand. And that sand isn't always gallstones, meaning it, meaning it isn't always cholesterol stones. This is information that's not known out there. News flash. That sand isn't always bilirubin, those red blood cells. It's a third component that science and research hasn't tapped into. That gunk in that gallbladder is all kinds of stuff. It's dead viral carcasses, dead viral byproduct, dead pathogen byproduct, dead um, uh, bacterial byproduct, plastics spit up from the liver from antibiotics, petrol oil, petrol oil. And I'm not doing the analogy, the metaphor. I'm not doing that part. I'm not just talking about the oil on the bottom of a pan is real engine oil on the bottom of a pan of a car. You guys, I, I'm talking about real petrol oil put in antibiotics. They don't need to put that in there, by the way. I mean, I scratch my head. I'm scratching my head right now. They don't need to put that in there. Just one of those additives that don't have to be in antibiotics. They just don't have to be there. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? I mean, you know, we talk about foods and everything, preservatives and foods, and, you know, you want your chicken antibiotic-free, right? You want all that. You want your chicken to be free-range. You, you know, you don't want preservatives. You don't want aluminum nitrate. You don't want aluminum pumped into your chickens, you know. They, they, you know, inject aluminum in turkeys and chickens, plump them up. I mean, you don't want that in there, right? You don't want all this whatever in there. But when we take an antibiotic, they put all this stuff in there. I mean, they, they don't have to. That's the sad part. They don't have to. They don't have to have petrol oil in there. But where does that petrol oil go? It's small amounts, real small amounts. doesn't matter. The liver, the liver, you know, the liver gets pissed off anyway. And it storage it stores these these uh, petrochemicals, and you can get other exposure to petrochemicals too, and from other drugs and other sources, other avenues. And liver, you know, eventually, just if the liver's not getting cleaned up, if we're not eating right, if we're not taking care of the liver, if we're not doing what we need to do for the liver, if our diet's not good, if we're pounding in tons of protein and fat in our diet thinking that's the way, even if we're no carb and we're exercising and we're starting to look better and we're starting to get a little bit more fit, but our liver is still taking a hit like, oh my God, nobody knows that by the way. And so what does the liver do? It pushes, pushes that stuff right up into the gallbladder and it's not Billy Rubin. It's not our friend, Billy Rubin. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not our friend, Coleste. Raw. <laughs> Making names out of these two things. All right. <laughs> I'm being silly today. There's nothing to be silly about with gallstones and gallbladders. Still, a lot of people go through a lot of trouble. I think I'm just giggly today. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, 
Yeah, you got to keep a light heart. We got to keep a light heart, okay? So there's something else that gets going. There's something else going on in that sludge. It's a whole bunch of waste that's not analyzed by research and science. They don't analyze that. You know why? It's got a guilty trail in it. It's got a guilty trail. It's got a trail. It's got it's evidence. It's evidence of all kinds of crap. I mean, everything, there's heavy metals in there, literally. And you know what's so bizarre? What's so bizarre is that that's what's in engine oil. That's, that's that when engine oil's not replaced and it, and it sits at the bottom of the pan, you guys, it gets filled with these little micro, micro chips of metal that are coming out of the engine because there's no viscosity. Well, there's heavy metals saturating the liver. From all kinds of reasons, all kinds of reasons, medical reasons, you know, medical stuff, uh, medical products, uh, all kinds of different things. Just, you know, stuff falling out of the sky, uh, food, pots and pans, people scraping pots and pans, restaurants. Restaurants are the worst, the worst, unless it's a good one, unless it's a good one that's really taking care of everybody and the food properly. So if you're a restaurant owner, I'm sure that's what you're doing. If you're listening to this show, then that's definitely what you're doing, without a doubt. But the bottom line is that metal, heavy metals, toxic heavy metals sit in that sludge. But that sludge never gets analyzed. Never gets analyzed. They never do. And, in, and, 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 if, and if they have, which they probably have, um, I'm sure they kept out the bad stuff. Bad stuff in any study. Because like I said at the beginning of the show, blah, blah, blah. This information doesn't come from this, 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 contaminated, this, this, sources, this, 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 trendy traps, the payoffs, all that crap. It's like I said at the beginning. Because what's in that sludge is a whole bunch of evidence. All kinds of metals, plastics, petroleum, oils. Can you believe it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And nobody knows it. And that's the third aspect of what's inside a gallbladder. Mind blown? Mine is. Spirit blows my mind all the time. Mind blown. Seriously. If yours isn't, then I, I understand. But mine is. Boom. I mean, and that's the third part. So let's go through them a little bit. All right. The cholesterol stone. Why is cholesterol like amping up and becoming a, a rolling stone in there. What the heck? What is going on? That's because a liver is becoming dysfunctional. A liver is becoming dysfunctional because big part of its diet, another part of its liver is getting sluggish and dysfunctional, stagnant, even fatty, even if it's pre-fatty liver and not diagnosed. What about old Billy, Billy Rubin, Right? Why is that happening? Because red blood cells mean a liver's under stress and it's contaminated with a lot of toxins and pathogens and stuff like that. So it's, it's dealing with hemoglobin a lot differently and red blood cells start to, they start to do something. They start to glue each other together. The pigment starts to glue itself together and creating a stone when the liver's too overburdened. And then, you know, like grandma's apple pie, you just need the right recipe. You just need the right recipe. I said that probably one of the earliest shows ever that we did. One of the early shows. You know, I've also said it many, many years ago. Grandma's apple pie 
tastes just the way it does because it's just right. Because she puts just a little bit of nutmeg in, but not too much and not too, too little. Little bit of salt, not a lot of salt. Balancing it with the sweet. I'm being silly today, I know. Sorry, you guys. Seriously. Seriously. Let's take this as serious as possible. <laughs> but seriously, though, with Grandma's apple pie, it's just right for a reason. It made a recipe for a reason. With bilirubin and, 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 and cholesterol stones to do what they're doing, it takes also a recipe of what's in that other sludge pile. What's in the other sludge pile? The sludge pile is the evidence of what's going on inside the liver, which creates the recipe of creating the stones, for God's sake. Yeah. Mind blown. Information overload. Because it's never been released anywhere, that information. Of course, just like 85, 90% of everything else on the shows that I do. I'm saying that in case, you know, if you're on the internet, a lot of people, they're like, okay, okay, what do you see? Okay, let's get on the internet. Okay, let's let's look into this. And now they're like going, you know, they're going crazy. They're looking. They're looking. So it's really about the liver in this situation. It's about the liver producing a, a, an amount of, of toxic waste from not being cared for. But it's the right kind of toxic waste that can glue red blood cells together, creating that pigment stone, that bilirubin stone. That stone, I hate that stone. I hate that stone. Because that one's a weird one. Bilirubin, that stone, I, I don't like that stone little harder to dissolve i've had to get a lot of people to dissolve them absolutely I had to change your diet around the right way to get them to dissolve i had to do different things but i i, I hate that stone <laughs> cholesterol stones eh i don't hate we can break those down no problem we can we can we can break them down easier, faster. We can break down the Billy Rubin too. I mean, that's okay too. We can do that stone too. And we can get rid of some of the sludge, but we don't want to do it with the gallbladder flush. A silly gallbladder flush. I'll tell you right now, you don't want that cholesterol stone to pop up into that duct and lock itself in. And maybe you're lucky. Maybe you're lucky and it won't. As a lot of people do. They get by. They get lucky on that. It's a good, it's a, but I don't like Russian roulette. Do you? I don't like it. I don't like taking a gun with one bullet, spinning the chamber, putting it up to my head for fun. I just don't like that. I'm not a Russian roulette kind of guy. Maybe when I was a kid, maybe when I was a kid, I'd be like, all right, I'll, I'll take the chance. And I was, you know, maybe when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, I would, you know, take chances not like anything stupid like that, but I would be like, all right, all right, I, I, I bet we can do this. I bet we can take this bicycle and we, we can jump it over this ravine with this little wooden ramp. <laughs> I got spirit watching my back. Spirit won't let me get hurt. I'll fly, I'll, I'll fly like a bird on this bicycle. I'll jump this river with this bicycle. <laughs> I'll take a chance. There's chances are. What's my odds, Spirit. 90% chance you're not going to make it. 10% chance that you're going to make it. And when you do make it to the other side, you're probably going to have broken bones. All right, all right, I'll take my chance. Well, what's the guarantee about that 10% with broken bones? Well, 1%, you won't have any broken bones, just really bad bruises and injury. Okay, I'll take the chance, 1%. And, you know, so yeah, but, but I don't like doing that. 
I don't like doing any of that now. That was when I was young. But the point is, the point is, is that we don't want to do that. You don't want to do those flushes. You don't want to pop a stone in there, in the duck, and in the duct. Okay, so let's move on. Let's move on. We're trying to cut through this, um, telling you guys too many stories. Spasms and infections, gallbladder infections. I hate gallbladder infections. You can get food poisoning in a restaurant, and it can take out your gallbladder, boy. Man, that foodborne toxin, that foodborne uh, bacteria, that salmonella, anything like that can rush up to that gallbladder. I mean, if yeah, if you're lucky and you're just vomiting for a day or for a couple of hours or quickly or you just got a bad stomach ache and you're burping and burping and burping because of a foodborne toxin in a restaurant. And I, you, you guys should listen to my to – my, uh, I think the show is called like Food Poisoning Show or something like that. I forgot now. I forgot. Doing so many shows now, I, I just – I forgot. I think it was food food poisoning. You should listen to it. Listen to it carefully. Okay, because the last thing you want is to get food poisoning. I've had friends get food poisoning of the worst kind. I, I Oh, my God. I've had friends. I've had people, clients. Uh, I've had, you know, doctors, friends getting the worst food poisoning ever in their life. Um. You know, you name it. And and what happens is with food poisoning is, is sometimes it can get us really good and it could – and that bacteria could rush right up to the gallbladder and infect it, get it to spasm like hell for a long time until the body can overcompensate and clean it up. And sometimes it can't and, and surgeons have to remove the gallbladder after food poisoning. I'm drinking cucumber juice right now, by the way. Just kind of sipping it in between a little bit. Cucumber juice. Why would I be drinking cucumber juice on a day we're doing gallbladder? Because cucumber juice helps to dissolve gallbladder stones, but it does more than that. It helps to alleviate sludge out of the liver in a different way that it doesn't have to back up, purge back up into the gallbladder, sit there and settle into a pile of gunk, pile of engine oil in that gallbladder. It's almost like the gallbladder is the bottom of the pan of a car, oil pan. And, um, you know, what happens, what happens here, what happens here is that food poisoning is one thing. That's one thing. But also E. coli that sits inside our intestinal tract long term or strep or E. coli, especially E. coli too, you know, they sit in our intestinal tract for long term. And if they break out and you get gastritis and it kind of bubbles up and breaks out in your intestinal tract and you got a bout of gastritis, you could always get in trouble with your gallbladder and appendix too. So we want to just take care of things. The liver tries to trap as much bacteria and pathogens as it can possibly trap. The liver's immune system tries to destroy as much bacteria as possible. You know, I'm not a, what is it, uh, confrontational kind of guy at all. You know, I'm not one of those guys. Um, you know, I'm with going, going, uh, going all these years with hearing Spirit's voice, and helping people, you know, I mean, there's been times over the years where people are just in disbelief that they're even healing from the information. You know, I remember when I was younger years and years ago, getting people that were healing and still they can't believe I'm hearing the voice and giving them the advice that's actually getting them better. They just think it's some kind of fluke. I remember cases like that once in a while, every now and then. And I even remember a confrontation when I was younger too, every now and then. And I remember this one, one 
case going all the way back. I think I was 18 years old. And um, this woman came to me. No doctor would listen. She was so fatigued she couldn't just get out of bed. It took everything she had to get to the office. Everything she had to get to the office. And um, and she she had new hope. Spirit found a virus that she was suffering with. She had severe chronic fatigue from a neurological virus. And it was inflaming everything in her body. She was, she was literally at 40 or 50 doctors, best clinics across the country. And this is a you know, long time ago, before the world has changed and before the internet uh, turned into the internet and everything else. Before there was an internet, I'm sorry, before there was an internet. And I remember she was recovering. First time, first time in years, recovering. She can get out of bed and start recovering. And her husband was mad, angry. Because I wasn't a medical doctor, because I was a medical medium, the medical medium. So I remember he came to the office by himself, and, and she was recovering. And he came to the office all disgruntled, all angry, and he said that uh, he, didn't, he didn't want her coming anymore to, uh, for appointments, even though she was getting better. And he admitted she's getting better, but, but there was something inside of him that just couldn't stand the fact that the, it was – it was the medium thing. Couldn't stand it. So he hindered her healing. Hindered her healing. I didn't know she overcame it and took the advice and recovered. And, um, but she had such more, 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 you know, struggles because of the delay of the hindrance. And so confrontation is something I don't like. And what happens is that when the liver is under confrontation, because that's what's happening all the time, the liver, it's under confrontation nonstop. It's under confrontation with, with the diet that we're under. It's under stress. It's under, it's constantly being attacked. It's constantly being berated. It's constantly being antagon, you know, antagonized. It's constantly being irritated. You know, liver's up against a tremendous amount of that all the time. So it, has, it, 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 it breaks its ability down to do what it's got to do. It's got an immune system that wants to seek and destroy. The liver has its own immune system that wants to seek and destroy pathogens. But when constantly, you know, the confrontation's involved, it can, it can sidetrack it. Confrontation meaning eating the wrong foods, tremendous amount of adrenaline in your life, tons of stress. And then it, it, it can't send the soldiers out. The liver takes has no mercy. It takes no mercy. It is an immune system designed to destroy, kill. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's not weak in that nature. You know, it doesn't like confrontation on any level. Level it doesn't like problems, but it's not. It won't back down. It won't back down unless it's forced to, and it's getting sidetracked to that degree. And um, so I always think about that. You know, I, 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 I just want everybody happy. Since I was a kid, I want everybody happy. I want everybody healing and I want everybody happy. Uh, and even as a kid, I used to say to Spirit, why is this person disgruntled when their most beloved person in their family is so, is getting so much better, has been so sick? And Spirit would say, well, you know, it's, it's like ego stuff and it's, it's jealousy stuff. It's just weird stuff. It's a whole pile of just emotional damage emotional damage. And I said, well, 
You know, it's amazing because, you know, and that reminded me of people's livers. People's livers. You know, what's getting in the way of people doing the right thing for their liver? A lot of bad information and misinformation out there that has those things attached to it, like ego and and all kinds of different things and agendas and everything else that are going on. And it gets in the way of people healing. Gets in the, gets in the way of people ever protecting their liver, protecting their liver, healing the liver, looking after their liver. And the liver needs help and it needs that attention. It needs that attention. And this, this woman actually... I mean, this was, this was horrific what she was going through. Horrific. And healing for the first time. She just needed, she just needed some of that information. The liver just needs some attention. Needs some attention so it could do what she, you need to do. Her immune system needed a little bit of caring, a little bit of compassion, a little bit of the right information for the first time in her, her life. So that her immune system can go and seek out and destroy and do what it needs to do and not get sidetracked. The liver needs the same thing. It's got an immune system that wants to seek and destroy and kill things, but it gets sidetracked. So confrontation is not good no matter what in, in, you know, when it comes down to healing. And so many people have to deal with it. So what do we do? We want to dissolve stones. We want to clean up the liver. We want to do the right things. Low-protein diet. Low-protein diet. You think you got a liver thing developing? Low-protein diet. Why? Because it's low-fat. Low-fat diet. Low-fat. If you're a vegan, cut back on the nuts. Cut back on the nuts and seeds. Too many nuts, too many seeds. Nut pies, nut cakes, whatever. Even if you're all raw, whatever. And I respect that. I love it. I love raw vegan stuff. I love raw plant-based. I'm totally behind that 100%. Oh, my God. I've seen people... I've seen people get rid of the worst diseases ever in history to be with those. The 28-day cleanse, the 28-day cleanse in my book one is literally 28 days of low to no fat plant-based, mostly raw. Why? To, to get the liver to where it needs to be. To get the liver to do more than that, to dissolve stones, to dissolve stones for God's sake, to get the liver in a better place. Doesn't mean I'm anti-animal protein or anything if somebody wants to eat animal protein. But when somebody's doing these gallbladder flushes and then going after the gallbladder flush, they're eating all this animal protein a week later and they're pounding that liver down, that liver... The amount of bile it has to produce is unbelievable to break down fat, animal fat, and animal protein. And, and, and forget the animal stuff. That liver has to do so much to break down plant fat, like nuts, tons and tons of nuts and oils. So if a vegan also, a plant-based person is eating, well, vegetarians eating still all this fat, constantly eating tons of it, but the liver still has to produce tremendous amounts of bile salt. The pressure and the stress it goes under is ridiculous. You can't dissolve stones under that. You can't clean up the sludge at the bottom of the gallbladder, the bottom of the oil pan. You can't, you can't do that. And if you're eating animal protein and you dropped your carbs, fine. Okay, you dropped chocolate cake. That's the best thing you can do. That's great. But yet you're just doing vegetables and lots of animal fat without realizing it is your calorie to survive because of some trendy diet out there. From somebody that knows absolutely nothing about the liver, because that's what I've seen. That's what I've seen. Even the best experts out there with the fanciest diets know nothing about the liver. I'm sorry. They just don't. I know I sound like brash or boasting. I don't even know what it sounds like, but it's it's legit. It's what it is. 
that's what it is. I know I sound uh, pointy about it. I get it. I get it. I can't help it. I can't help it sometimes because I just want people doing the right thing. I mean, I wake up in the morning and I say, spirit, you know, I just want people doing the right thing. You know, at night I go to bed and I say, God, just, you know, just help people, please. Send all the angels you can and help as many people as you can. Just please. Don't send me one, okay? I don't deserve it. There's so many people that are better people than me. Way better people than me. You know? And 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 they deserve every angel there is in the world. Every angel there is in the world. You know, and, and the universe. Every angel there is in heaven. You know, the thing is, is that that you want to dissolve these stones. You want to clean up the liver. You want to take care of it. Lower your fats. Lower your protein. If you're big on animal protein, drop it down to one serving a day. If you're big on nuts and seeds because you're, you know, plant-based, drop those nuts and seeds down. Fruit is the greatest preventative ever for keeping gallstones from producing is fruit. Can you believe that? I should have rewound that. What's the greatest preventative ever for keeping gallstones from producing and even making them dissolve is fruit. Why didn't I switch that around? I said fruit first. God. (laughs) The less fruit you eat in a lifetime, the less fruit you eat in a lifetime, the greater chance of gallstones to, well, gallstorms. Yeah, gallstone creating a, crap storm inside the, in your gallbladder, creating all the pain and suffering. But the less chance you will grow a gallstone, the greater chance you'll dissolve one. Lemon water, lime water, lime water, lemon water, lime water, dissolve stones. Dissolve stones. Don't eat animal protein for breakfast, whatever you do. You'll never get a gallstone or cle- you'll never get a cholesterol, some bilirubin stone or, or, or sludge out of the liver. Never. If you're an animal protein lover, it has to be at a different time of day. It can't be in the, in the morning. If you're a vegan, you can't be doing nut stuff in the morning. If you're worried about gallstones, gall- if, you, if you're worried, you got a gallbladder problem. You can't be doing piles of nuts in the morning. It's got to be things. It's got to be some fruit. Got to be some fruit smoothies. Got to be, you know, the wild blueberries. Got to be different fruits and dissolve cranberry. Cranberries, handful of cranberries. Celery sticks, handful of cranberries. Anything, anything, any kind of fruit. Celery juice, great dissolver of, 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 of gunk in the liver to stop it from purging back up into the gall, gallbladder. Incredible weapon. Amazing weapon. Vitamin C, the, the basic supplement vitamin C is incredible for taking care of the liver and gallstones. Vitamin C, that alone is unbelievable. What a weapon that is. Aloe vera, what a weapon that is. But cucumber juice, celery juice, these are weapons for getting the liver cleaned up and, and, and healed. Hold back the fat in the morning. Do fat-free mornings. And if you think you got a really big gallbladder problem, do the 28-day cleanse from book one. But just hold back the fats. Live a life where the morning doesn't have fat in it. If you're worried about, if you're worried about gallstones, gallbladders, liver problems, hold back the fats. Hold back the protein in the morning. That means you do your green juice. You can do lots of fruit. You don't have to starve. You don't have to starve. 
Maybe mid-morning you can bring a little fat in, but just hold it back from morning morning. Don't even have milk, which is fat, in your coffee in the morning because you just put fat in there, which what it does, it puts stress on the liver. The liver can't do what it needs to do. It just had a night from hell. Every single night, the liver has a night from hell trying to process and, and take care of the, 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 the garbage that's in your diet and your life, the poisons that are inside the liver that you inherited from your parents all the way down. And that liver's so filled up with poisons, it's unbelievable, and it strains all night, and it has to work all night while you're sleeping. And in the morning, what do we do? We put something in there like an egg, and we're going to end up with a cholesterol stone. I'm sorry. Maybe not now. Maybe you're exercising and you're losing weight and you're on this new diet, fancy diet, and you think eggs are great and you're not going to get a cholesterol stone. That's not how it works. You'll get that cholesterol stone down the road. That's right. So you got to be fat-free in the morning. You think you think you got real problems with your gallbladder? Go fat-free long-term. Go long-term if you can. Do the 28 days. I know people have done longer. They've dissolved their stones. You could, but, but the lemon water is critical for dissolving stones. Cranberries dissolve stones. Cranberry juice, cranberry water, cranberry water. Blend some cranberries with some water. Cranberry water actually, actually dissolves stones. While the blueberry dissolves stones, you know, the frozen wild blueberries, those are stone dissolvers. And they clean up the liver. They clean up the background of what's creating all these problems that we talked about in the show. If the liver cleans up all these backgrounds, all the background garbage, the background noise that's coming up that, that no one wants to analyze. The gunk inside a gallbladder and nobody wants to look into because it's like dirt, looking in a dirty closet. It's like the medical industry looking in a dirty closet and analyzing what's in there and being like, how did that get in there? Oh, it got in there because, uh-oh. Yeah. And the industries and the chemical industries and chemical companies and all the different industries that produce so much stuff that ends up in our liver. How did that end up in there? How did pesticides from that company, that one specific company we know of, how did that end up in somebody's gallbladder? How did that end up? No one wants to look into that. I mean, I mean, Jesus, I mean, no one wants to look into any of that. Of course not, because it doesn't fit the agenda it doesn't fit where the interest groups are. It doesn't fit with everything I have to do, the new opening of this show. And I don't like doing that new opening every time. I don't. But I have to now. I have to. We have to get the information right and straight. I love you guys. Listen, start with that. You never want to do too much crazy stuff with the liver. You never want to purge it too hard. You never want to purge anything too hard. You want to take a, a you know, you don't want to, you don't want to go those roots when you take care of your liver. You start with something basic like that and you're already on your way. And I'll do more liver stuff for you. I promise so we can do more. We will do more liver stuff. I know we need to. I just try to cover as much as I can with the gallbladder today. I love you. I love you like you don't even know. You don't even know how much. Just know, take care. No, be well, one day at a time. You can heal. You keep a light heart. I'm with you. Bless your heart. Bless your soul. Take care. And um, yeah, yeah. Talk to you next show. Can't wait.